Hi, everyone. I'm Patrika Darbo, and you're listening to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts, the weekly show that brings you interviews and discussions with people in our pop culture world. You know, that means we get to talk more about movies, more music, more video games, and more. <laughs> Don't miss a week. You never know who's going to be our next guest. So, okay, addicts, are you ready for your pop culture fix? Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Our guest today is an Emmy Award winning actress who spent years on different daytime dramas. You may have seen her on Days of Our Lives, The Young and the Restless. You may have seen her in movies like The Burbs, Rango, Babe, and more. We are very happy and so excited to welcome Patrika Darbo to Pop Culture Addicts. Welcome to the show, Patrika. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so sorry. I have a very disobedient dog. Um, That's okay. We like dogs. Decided she wanted to attack my feet. That was what the barking was. She oh, thinks, it's adorable, oh, but we love like, dogs. Let me let me bark at my mom's feet and go after them. And well, anyway. you're talking. She has to be heard too. So so my husband's checking me with the timer. My dog is barking at my feet. Hey, welcome to pop culture. <laughs> okay, but I, I feel now that I, I am compelled. You must show us your dog now oh. because doggy, because dog. Because why not? Say hello, baby. Say hello. Hi. Beautiful. Don't push a button and disconnect me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, that would be terrible. Anyway, that's that's Dusty. So now she's at the table going, let me get over there. So I, uh, I can only apologize to the audience that this is pop culture and um, I have a dipstick dog. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I totally understand. I have a pit bull chocolate lab mix. Who I had um, the sweetest the dog I ever had was my pit. She was <laughs> an angel. The best. She was They're adorable. They are just the biggest babies. All, in and the they want to be world. all they want to do is love you and be loved. That's it. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dogs are unconditional love and they're amazing. And they are. Yeah, so. They are. All right, Patrika. So first things first, Emmy Award winner. That's a very big deal. So no matter when you win that, we always congratulate anybody who's won an award. We it, we just like to recognize that that's always a very big deal uh, around these parts. But it does make me wonder if you ever take the chance to tease uh, other actresses like, you know, I don't know, Susan Lucci and be like, hey, one in four over here. One in four, Susan. No, I'm just well, kidding. That's, that's not that's not the question. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. First of all, I would never do that and stuff like that. Um, and the interesting part about it is Miami is a primetime Emmy. So right. um, I am the first actress to win the short form uh, category. I, I did win a daytime Emmy that was taken away from me. Oh, uh, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. Pop culture. Here we go. <laughs> what actress had her Emmy taken away from her? Uh, uh, that was because the um, producers put me in the wrong category that I shouldn't have been. And then the Television Academy in New York that handles daytime didn't realize there was a problem. So during the ceremony, I won. I got the Emmy. It came home, it sat on my dresser with my other Emmy. And then they came and said, you have to give that back. Oh, I've been like, a little mortifying. It was like I was going to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. You know? but, <laughs> yeah, I'd have been but, like, yeah, yeah uh, ownership, nine tenths of the law. So bye bye. <laughs> there you go. It's in my house. Come on and try to get it. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What did it mean to you to be awarded an Emmy for the work that you've put into your craft? 
Well, it's well, it's exhilarating. First of all, it's wonderful to be um, acknowledged, have your work acknowledged. It's even better on the Emmy side because that comes from my peers. Um, I have a lot of fan, I have a strong fan base. Um, and I did win the best newcomer uh, from Soap Opera Digest, which was by the fans years ago. But to have um, that acknowledgement from my peers who are totally all working actors um, and some are, some are already Emmy winners themselves or multiple Emmy winners in the mm-hmm. primetime side. And then to be even nominated in the daytime side, again, it comes only from your peers. So to have the people that I work with appreciate the work that I do is a great honor. Just a little side question that popped in my head while, while you were saying that. Why is there such like a, a chasm between the daytime and the primetime? It's two different organizations. Um, there was a sort of a divorce, what, 30 years ago or so, where New York went off to one side and, and L.A. stayed here. And the, the agreement was that the daytimes would handle daytime. Um, and that includes your talk shows during the day and your okay. um, And then also um, they handle uh, game shows. Now, there are so many game shows that are primetime now, nighttime television. So there may be coming a separation of that that will happen. Um, so it's just uh, also the NATUS, which is the National Academy in New York, handles the local stations. In other words, the things that are in Boston or Atlanta mm-hmm. or these things, they handle all the Emmys for the newses and all those things that are there. Just recently, um, the category uh, for daytime that was digital series has now been moved over to primetime. I'm not sure how they're going to handle that. Um, I'm hoping that they have a separate category because if they lump it into um, the short form, which is where I won Miami, the short form is for series that are 15 minutes or less, but they only handle uh, the best actor, best actress, and sh- and the show. They don't have all of the other workers that are part oh, okay. of that help to create a show. And so it would not be fair to have these series lumped into that. So I'm not sure what they're going to do um, at this point, but I hope that they realize that they're shortchanging supporting and guest actors and makeup mm-hmm. and hair and director and all those other things. So it'll be very interesting to see what's going on. Personally, for me, too, I was a governor for the performers. Um, so I was part of the governing board of the Television Academy in Los Angeles. Um, I think that the both academies need to have an update of some kind because it's no longer the three network television. Right now, you've got you do have network television, but you have so much streaming going on so you everybody keeps lumping them together but they shouldn't be lumped together because they're two three four and five different kinds of productions so again my personal opinion and i'm entitled to it (laughs) oh i i tend to agree with you i i things aren't the same as what they used to be when when these things were were formed and and everything back you like you said the, the three network you know uh, days of when I was growing up, where if the president came on, your night was shot. That was all that was on the TV. You know, now there's all these streaming options and all these different things and all these different channels for, you know, Netflix is making their own things. Amazon's making their own things. Hulu's making their own things, you know, and YouTube has their own, you know, TV series, you know, now. So, you know, all these different things. And so how do, how do those actors and actresses, and, and like you said, all these other categories, how do they get recognized? And that's just, they always go, you know, well, there, we have too many Emmys we're giving out. Well, 
But the image is not about how many you're giving out. It's who deserves that accolade. Right. And so, so when they start shortchanging, they're shortchanging somebody's performance, somebody's um, talent to light the, sh the show properly, to make sure that I look fabulous all the time. Wardrobe, those, there are so many things that go into making a great show. And if you're suddenly going to take these digital shows over and lump them into something that only has two categories or three categories, that's, that's a crime. It's a crime. I, I would tend to agree with you. We've actually had a couple of conversations with other actors and voice actors and even makeup special effects artists that there is going to be such the, the, the pandemic and the, the uprising of independent creators is knocking Hollywood down. I mean, Hollywood is being rocked with the this, just because this is how you've done it for the last 60 years doesn't mean that that's how you need to continue doing it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's that's the problem. Just because you did it that way before and time has passed, you shouldn't just keep relying right. on that. It's, you know, right. I've, I've always brushed my teeth really hard and done like this. And the dentist says, no, no, it's delicate. And you do this and then you floss and things change. Mm -hmm. And and they, if they don't change, they will become obsolete. And that's one of the reasons I think you'll see all of the award shows, the viewership has gone yeah. down. Right. Because, you know, so they have to find a way to reinvent themselves, but reinvent themselves that accommodates where our industry is going. Good. Yeah, for nice. sure. So we are a big fan of backstories. Indeed. We love getting to know what what motivates you? What got you to where you are? So according to Wikipedia, which we all know is not the most reliable source, but it's a source. It is. It is so. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway. According to Wikipedia, it says that you were a credit manager before yes. getting into acting. Yes, I was. So how um, did you go from one to the other? Well, let's put it this way. I could call people up and go, you know what, your bill is not paid, you've got to do stuff. And then people wouldn't answer the phone and stuff. So I would call up and go like this. Hi, is Bill in? <laughs> He's just tell him it's from last night. He'll be knowing what I am. Oh. He'll be on. And then Bill would get on and I'd go, where the hell is my payment? You've got my speakers. What the hell is the problem here? So I got to use my acting and to do this. Um, yes, I was a lady executive. I had about five or six people working for me. Um, we had fun in my department because I made sure people were always going, is there any openings we want to transfer her to, to her department? I had my receivables turning in 30 days because oh. everybody did their work, loved their work. But there was a time where we cranked the speaker up and boogie in the hallway. Oh, uh, <laughs> we just have fun. Um, I didn't take a lot of vacations because if I got a job, I would turn in vacation time. Mm -hmm. So I was doing both part times. I was working and I did the Jeffersons. I was working and I did different strokes. I was working. <laughs> so all these things, which you go, what shows are those? Oh, no, I, uh, I know those. <laughs> oh, I know what those are. Okay. I'm so, not going to say I mean, why so, I know what those are, but I do. Uh, so my mother, my mother always said that I came out of the womb like Sarah Bernhardt. So, um, and I did things in school and college and high school and all those things. And, but I was a terrible waitress. Um, but when out of high school, um, excuse me, out of college, can we turn that off please? Okay. <laughs> out of college, I, um, uh, I, I couldn't wait tables. I wasn't a good waiting the tables and stuff. And, um, Bring it here, please, honey, and I'll turn it off. Thank you. Um, I because I, I couldn't wait. Stop laughing, Kathleen. It's, it's a forty-eight-year-old husband. All right, honey, this is the one you push. 
right there. Thank you. Anyway, so, uh, anyway, uh, and I, I wasn't a good waitress. I mean, I dump people things in people lap. I, oh, laps. I tried and, you know, and then I'd be at the table going to people going, excuse me. And we know what we want. Okay. Do we want mayonnaise or not mayonnaise? Do we want mustard? Not mustard. Cause I am not going to bring it back here and have you tell me, Oh, I didn't want to have mayonnaise. We got to make that decision now. So uh, <laughs> it was not a good was- job for me. I would be a terrible waitress as well. I can't do <laughs> anyway, it. Anyway, so I got, uh, I did uh, wait tables because I left the credit manager job one time. I waited tables for two weeks. I got a job and had to go to Texas and that was bottoms up. I was the lead female comedian in that show. So then I came back and the place I had quit from said, could you please come back? We need you. So anyway, <laughs> I went back there. Uh, and, uh, then the gentleman that was my boss there after a while, well, he left and the new boss said acting doesn't fit the corporate image. So I quit that job again, <laughs> but I still wasn't secure right. in, um, knowing that I could be an actor because, you know, we still have a mortgage, you have bills to pay and stuff. Right, and sure. like I said, not, so I went to work for another company. Um, it was an East Indian company, fabulous product and everything, but um, I got appendicitis and was out, but I worked from home all the time. I was out sick, well, mm-hmm. recuperating. Uh, when I came back, everybody that had hired me and everything was now gone. It's <laughs> all oh. new people. So we had a business meeting and the gentleman who was my new boss, after he was finished with his part i said you know i'm i know he's new here and i have been working from home and i know most of these customers and i think i need to tell you that um our receivables are inflated we are not putting through the credits that are property and we need to adjust this because this is false information for the bank and if we don't do something we will be bankrupt in six months mm-hmm. so meeting over everything but this guy said to me patrika would you please stay after I'd like to speak with you? And I thought, oh, he wants me to catch him up on everything. And he said to me, you are a woman, no more than a goat. Don't ever contradict me in a meeting again. Oh. Oh, Anyway, I went went right to the president, told him he had two weeks or 20 minutes that I wasn't going to work for that person. And they were lucky I wasn't suing their ass. So fair um, enough. anyway, Anyway, he said he couldn't work with me either. They were bankrupt in four months. And um. You know, things are wonderful. I've got a great career and Emmy nominations and wins. <laughs> exactly. And they're bankrupt. You know, yeah. you are uh, better off without them. My wow. word. You know, you know it, it's uh, acting has always fed my soul. Uh, something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, and my dad, um, my dad, stepdad, but my dad, because he just was my dad, um, he was only four foot two. He was known as the biggest little man in baseball. Um, and he said, if you want it, you can have it. So go get it. And he did. And he was an inspiration. Nice. So yeah, here I am I'll, with my backstory. <laughs> no, I, I, love, I it. love it. We love backstories. That's, that's a great answer, honestly. And frankly, I feel so sorry for that poor man's wife or children. If he had any daughters, good Lord. Not allowed to say no fire more. truck. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't care. Right now, yeah, that yeah, I just hope that they're. Oh, that's I do that's not. Horrible. I do not do well with that attitude. I oh, neither do I. I don't understand it. So it's it's very foreign concept to me. So I, I don't. I don't. I, I was astounded. Because <laughs> frankly, if anybody talked to you know talked to my wife or my daughter that way, I the the urge to go you know rearrange their teeth is very imminent. 
Uh, so I, I, I don't understand it. So I don't. Yeah, that's OK. It's, I'm, it's, I'm, all, it's awful to think about that that kind of thing still goes on. I mean, I'm a child of burning your bra and standing up for your rights and all that stuff. And I was also when I first started working as a credit manager, you were had to be an address or a skirt and blouse. You had sure. to wear pant, you had to wear your pantyhose and your shoes. And it wasn't until like 1973 that you were allowed to wear trousers. And if you wore them, it had to be part of a pants suit. So, I mean, we've gone a long way. But when you think about how many things that are still kind of the same, it's very frustrating. It Uh, is. It is. And I mean, I've been on the receiving ends of comments like that. I worked in a nursing home and I had some older gentlemen that I worked with that didn't think that the, at the time, 18-year-old girl was qualified to be taking care of them. And I'm like... I took state training. I passed a state test. The the nursing home that you live it's in. It's kind of like you go like me. this. Do you want your diaper changed or not? Right? It's Do you like, want to continue sitting in it? Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise. Like, back off. <laughs> oh, man. I just cannot yeah. handle that attitude. I, it does not go over well with me. Oh, yeah, that's one of those things I hope it goes the way of the dinosaur, and, you know, and the the guys who have those thoughts, I'm hoping that they smarten up and realize that, well, you know, you're here because of a woman, so you, know, you might as it, well learn to appreciate him. If it uh, doesn't, you know, I pity the first man who says something like that to my daughter. Like, she's three. I legitimately, if she's a teenager in the working force and somebody says something like that to her, I'm sorry. Like, she's <laughs> she's going to rip your face off. There's... Well, so you've met no, Kendall. Fans are okay. about it. You've met my daughter. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but that so. has to be, you know, kudos to both of you for raising strong women because that it has to start there too. But anybody that has sons needs to say, Hey, Hey, yeah, <laughs> not acceptable. That's, that's not the way we work around here. No, we don't do that for, for anyone. It's not acceptable. So. Yeah. So okay. yeah, that was one of the big conversations I always had with my boys when they were growing up that, Hey, that's not how we, you know, when they would say something to their mother that was out of line, hey, that's, that's not how we talk. You know, you treat your mother with respect. You treat your sister with respect. You know, you treat people out on the street. And you make you sure the boys out there treat them the same with respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and part of it is that, you know, I grew up, my mother is, is very, you know, from the South and I was, I was raised with, with Southern, you know, hospitalities and things like that. So, you know, I, I'm very accustomed to saying, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, holding open doors and doing those things. And it's funny to me now because I'll hear my my boys talking to, to other people and uh, particularly my oldest son because my middle son doesn't talk to anybody. He's such an introvert. Uh, he smiles and nods a lot, though. He'll talk, uh, but to, my, kids. He'll talk to little kids. He's great with it. he's amazing with kids. Uh, but my oldest, I'll hear him talking and, you know, be uh, yes, sir yes sir you know no sir yes ma'am no ma'am and and so that kind of makes me happy that to see that even in some ways that that little bit of has rubbed off on onto my kids so well, I'm, I'm a southern girl i'm I'll, I'll be 74 in april and i still say yes ma'am and no ma'am and to anyone that if i'm responding to them absolutely just, right. i i had somebody the other day i, I said uh said doing and said uh, i don't remember what the conversation was that led up to this but i said i said uh uh Something about I was getting, I was grabbing the door and I said, here, let me get that for you, sir. And we were talking on the way up to the door and I grabbed the door and I held him. He goes, you don't have to call me, sir. I said, oh, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. I do. Cause I don't know where my mama is. She's somewhere around here. And if I don't say it, I'm pretty sure she's going to jump out and smack me upside my head. Yeah, <laughs> that's... <laughs> what? It's true. So, no, and 
I agree though that it is it is something that needs to go the way of the past. It is something that as the current parent generation, it is our responsibility to make sure that that cycle doesn't continue. If you don't like the cycle, break the cycle. You have yeah, that power. It. That's it. Yep. And yes, ma'am and no ma'am and stuff may be antiquated, but even if you still go to any part of the South, kids are brought up. Yes, ma'am, no ma'am. Yes, ma'am, like no ma'am. Absolutely. Be respectful. Because I mean, I learned, yes, what? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't I just said, yes or thank you. It was yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Yes. Yeah. I remember the first time I said just no to my grandpa, and he goes, "What?" I'm like, "No, thank you." It's like, and I went ghost white, and the nope, Mm-mm, that was a bad <laughs> idea. That's okay. You know what? Hey, if it gets more more manners into the world, I'm all for it. So. Exactly. Well, so. it's just it be, being kind and being considerate of others and respectful that those are things that just are not taught a lot anymore. Um, and it, it astounds me like school and stuff. And you're seeing things going on. You go. What? Right. <laughs> it's just crazy. But again, yeah, it's absolutely. like we talked about earlier with the Television Academy. Some things stay the same that shouldn't and um, some things that shouldn't change do so it's kind of like i guess we have to look at we have to start with ourselves and uh, at this point i would say you guys have got a good start with your kids and stuff so yeah we're trying we're trying i mean my three-year-old did call her grandmother a butthead today but (laughs) that's a three-year-old so she wasn't wrong either so i i I couldn't i couldn't tell her no with the no you shouldn't say that because she wasn't wrong can't wait for grandma to hear that one. All right. So oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll get it later. <laughs> exactly. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> no, oh, no, I, no, my husband. No, no. If editor. we keep some of my stuff in these shows, we're definitely keeping that. So. My husband's <laughs> the editor, and it was his mom that my daughter called a butthead. So it's staying. <laughs> I'm sure that that is staying. That's probably getting used in the promo trailers, even if I know him. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Patricia, you've done daytime drama. You've done uh, primetime stuff. You've done, you know, all these different TV shows, you know, a lot of character acting and movies. You've done voiceover work, like really amount of impressive amount of stuff, stuff that I did not realize that you ran. I went back and looked at it and was like, oh, my gosh, she was in that. Oh, she was in this. Oh, it, like it was one of those things. I love going through people's IMDb and 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 looking at the different roles and and, and things that you've been on. And it, I love it when a person's resume is so diverse. It's not just one thing when you look down. It's not always the same thing. But it also makes me wonder with that with that much diversity in what you what you've done over the years, when it comes to preparation for a part and how you're you're getting ready and you, know, you get your mindset, even if it's just a a small guest spot or if it's a reoccurring role, do you? alter your preparation style depending on the avenue of work or have you found that you have a basic preparation style that fits each as you go? Well, again, it's like you looking back at my um, IMBD and stuff that I've worked a lot and the industry has changed. Used to be when I first started, if the casting director didn't know you, they would have you come, you had to go in to get your mimeographed sides. Then you would go home and learn them. Then you would go back to the casting director and then they would decide whether they were going to move you to the producers. So you just learned your lines, learned your character, found what you want and did the best job you could. Okay. Now it's changed. Then it changed to um, 
once you had enough credits, the casting director would send you, or you had to go get again the I the mimeographed sides, go home, learn them, and then you came into the producer. Uh, and then they decided who they wanted. At the same time, that used to be only five people were auditioning for that part that you were auditioning for. Now you go forward, now there's at least 50 to 100 people auditioning. Doors are wider open as to more people. Um, and you, again, because you have the credits, you are still having to go in. A lot of times now it got up to where you would go back to the casting director. They would put you on film. You wouldn't see the producers. The producers looked at the film and decided who they wanted. That's for all genres of this. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, because of COVID, everything is done in my front room in front of a curtain. And a friend comes and puts it on the iPhone. And then he edits it, my slate together with my takes. And then we send it off to EchoCast. And then they send it off to the producer or the casting people who send it off to the producers. And in my, again, my opinion, when you're looking at 50 people doing the same thing, your eyes start to cross and you're like, what? And they know within five minutes when they go, this is the person I want. So why are you making me memorize 11 pages when you're going right. to know the minute I go, hi, I'm Patrika Darbo and I'm reading for Millie. Hi, Millie. Oh, well, well. And I do whatever <laughs> I do. So right. it's, it's the industry's changed so much. Um, uh, I like all genres of it. I love doing the sitcoms. I love doing daytime. I love doing episodic. I love doing film. I love them all. Um, the thing is like for daytime, a lot more memory because we don't have cue cards. We don't have monitors. We have to have everything memorized mm -hmm. and we shoot a movie script a day. So I may have 20 to 30 pages of dialogue that I need to learn. Right. Okay. Oh, crap. So with a sitcom, you go in on Monday, the show you shoot on Friday is different because there's rewrites all during the week. Mm -hmm. And the show, they usually shoot two shows when they're doing a sitcom. One in the morning, mid-afternoon, and then one in the evening. The show in the evening could even change depending on something didn't work. They didn't feel it worked, so they changed your dialogue there. On episodic, you may start at the end, as in film. You may start at the end and then shoot the beginning in pieces here and there. Nothing stays, like, right in a row. Mm -hmm. So it's it's um it keeps you on your toes. Um, even with shooting uh, the daytime scripts, when I have that many words to memorize, sometimes you have eight pages with this character. And then later in another room, you have uh, 20 pages with another character. So you still have to know them. But then that character, especially now with COVID, gets sick or his child is sick and he can't come in. That show is postponed. Till he is available. Mm -hmm. Well, I get another show to learn. But I got to do that show again. So I have to keep those words in my head while I'm learning the new one. So wow. I think daytime has been some of the hardest work I've ever done because of all the memoriza memorization that I have to do. Yeah. And the wow. other actors, I have great respect from the people I work with because they, too, have those 18 to 20 pages to learn. So um, it's uh, yeah, that's insane. But I don't want to be a credit manager anymore. I already told you I can't wait tables. So I love every minute. I love every minute of sitting in my sofa, just learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. So 
There you go. Yeah, I, I don't think that daytime television actors get enough credit because you don't think about the fact that there are five Agreed. new episodes. Well, I don't think they will. The, the hardest thing I think that the daytime people have to face is that it's much, because it's a movie script today, it's shot very fast. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't give you like, a, you know, you're shooting. If you're shooting a feature film, you're doing the wide shot. Then you're doing the two shot. Then mm -hmm. you're coming in mid shot. So you're doing the same scene four and five times. So sometimes you may hear something go, oh, I should have done it that way. And then in one of the close-ups, you say it a little different. And that's the one they're going to use because they're going to cut to that because they went, that was great. I love that one. You don't have that option in daytime. It's no. like one take, maybe two, depending on if something happened. Right. Um, but it's very fast. It doesn't always give you an opportunity. For me, I always say, there's like 50, 11 ways you can say, hi, how are you? So if you're going so fast, you just basically go, hi, how are you? Right. But but you may be going, hi, how are you? You know, you there's a change depending mm -hmm. on right. what's happened, but you don't always have the time to find that. So it, it is the hardest work. It is the toughest thing on the performers because it's very fast and you don't always get to find that 15th way to say hi, hi how are you? Right. It work differently. So. so, I mean, you said that you enjoy the sitting on your couch and learning lines and lines and lines. Do you... Do you think that the the more rigorous schedule is helping sort of keep you in the zone with your acting, with making sure that you've got the, the memorization down? Like, do you think that because you have that time crunch, you have to get it memorized? Well, yeah, there's I mean, that's <laughs> I'm a little older now, so it's tougher for me at times to memorize things, whereas when I was 20, I, you know, it was fast and stuff. And that's why some of these kids are out partying all night. They come and look at the script in the morning. But also because they do that, they don't find the 50, 11 ways you can say, hi, how are you? Because right. they're living life. The old lady here has to sit there and really learn those lines, which gives me sometimes an opportunity to find at least three or four different ways to say something. And then when I go in and listen to what the other actor says, I have choices to make on how I respond. So yeah. it's it's um, it's a listening. Acting is listening. Um, but it's knowing what's going on. And if you're on, if doing stage, which I've also done that, it's again listening. And if somebody accidentally, the script says it's a red car, but the person's working going, and I was in a blue car and it was horrible. And I have to respond to that about the color of the car. I'm listening. I know to now say it was a blue car. I don't right. change it and confuse other. So it's very listening and learning and stuff like that. So um, it, it's not, it is job. It is a job. This is like being the waitress or being the credit mm -hmm. manager. It is a job. Um, it's a very good job. It's a creative job. It allows you to do what your heart wants you to do. Um, but it's not a walk in a park by any means. So no. any young students and kids that I coach, I say, you know, this is not a lark, you, you know, and if you're, if you're not fully invested in it, then you need to go do something else. Very good. Definitely. I mean, I did, I did one stage production in high school. I was a chorus member, but even as a chorus member in one musical, you still have to learn all of your parts in, in the songs. You're still chorus member. You still have to learn where you're going to stand, where your, your marks are, because if your marks are off as a background member and suddenly lead character runs into you, that's your fault. You have to make sure that you're in the same spot there, every time. It is. It's a job and you need to be every, every, and every job being in the course is still a vital, important part. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like, um, uh, what, what's his name? Um, uh, 
I went this, my brain just went like this. Um, Wolfman, <laughs> Wolverine, oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman <laughs> download, yeah. download, download, download. You, you know, Hugh Jackman talking about the people that are swing in the show. They're vital importance. These people have to learn four and five parts and may come in to go do a chorus line, a chorus, be in the chorus. And somebody mm-hmm. says, no, you're taking the lead of this one now. And they get about an hour's blocking to to make sure they know what's going on but they've had to be there every time learning that so every part is important um and and our crew is vital i mean i can't do my own hair like they can i don't put my makeup on like they can and they don't i don't i can't put the light where i want it so it's a teamwork effort from everyone everything is of vital importance and i don't think anybody should think that um the actors are the end-all be-all you know, somebody wrote those words for me. Sure. So it's a teamwork effort. And I think that's an important thing that everybody that's wanting to do this as a business is that not everybody comes in as a star and you may be the star, but you've got to have, you've got to be lit. You've got to have this. So, you know, I could go for a hair and makeup and a lighting crew. That'd be nice. (laughs) That's what you want to do, babe. I'd say, go for it. I just want it for the, for the podcast. Like, I'm, (laughs) I've struggled enough tonight with getting my hair and makeup and my lighting right. I want somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> it's always good, you know, but there, you know, that's the other thing with your podcast. If you want that, find a school that's teaching and say, can, does somebody want to come in and practice and make sure I look good? Yeah. You know, you can always do that. I mean, there's a lot of beauty schools probably in your area that have, would have somebody and would love the opportunity to see what their work looks like on camera. So I would I mean, be very happy to hire a first year student to do your hair. I mean, that would be a, it'd be a fun thing, but it's also the kind of thing for you. It's like, get a better hat, you know, just, just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> you were picking on my hair too. And she just pulled all the punches. I love it. Not sad at all. All right. Uh, well, on that note, I'm changing the topic. No, okay. um, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> all right, so one last feeling. My, my, oh, she's gonna have to try harder than that. Um, all right, so I host another show called Focused on Forward, and on that show, we talk about a lot of times about mental health and the impact that mental health has on our bodies, on our on our our lives, and the importance of taking charge and and of one's own mental health and and seeking the help they need. So I was kind of excited when looking through some of the, your your bio and some of the things that you've been involved in. Uh, I found that you were, a, uh, I don't know if you still are, but you were at one point a board member for a group called the Thalians, which is a charitable organization dedicated to mental health causes. So I was hoping that two things, number one, you could tell us a little bit more about the organization and number two, how and why you became involved with it. Okay. First, it's called the Thalians. Thalians. I'm sorry. Yes. That's okay. No, Thalians. Uh, was started by Debbie Reynolds. Okay. And it was way, way back. And she used to have Frank Sinatra would entertain at a party. And so with the whole rat pack, and they raised a lot of money for this. Um, And, you know, again, as times changes, having big soirees and things like that sort of go down. Our industry now is here. We're not so much in big things, though there are great fundraisers and stuff. But because it was an organization that did great things and had a lot of different movie stars, 
I mean, I wanted to be in the Thalian when I was in my 20s. Uh, I didn't join until Kira Lorsch, who was the president at the time, asked me to come be a part of it. Uh, and then I got put on the board. And I, um, Ruta Lee is now the emeritus person in charge of it. And if you don't know Ruta, please look Ruta up because she is amazing. Um, and she's been around since Sinatra and done things like that. And she danced as a dancer, Miss Chorus person down there, Kathleen. She was in uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. She was one of the brides. Love that. Music. Uh, okay. So, um, but the the Thalians, we just gave two hundred thousand dollars to um, uh, UCLA's uh, for Operation Mend to take care of our service people. Um, so which we've done this is i think i've been there i think we gave 200 something thousand to them last year um we're looking because we have a nice bank account we do we do lovely events we're um thinking of trying to because our organization is an older organization with a lot of older members mm -hmm. that we want to bring in newer members new voices new things because none of us get out of here alive and sure if, if somebody goes we're we need to expand and um i had talked to them perhaps and we have to discuss it at our next board meeting at that um uh uh perhaps we should um talk to the wounded warriors uh the wounded mm -hmm. warriors organization is into mental health and taking care of our service yeah. people that are coming back and um most of their monies, because I do a lot of investigation on that, most of their monies do not go to the C, uh, CEO. They go right back to the wounded warriors and they Perfect. take care of the people they're supposed to take care of. That's good. So, um, yes, I think the mental health, sometimes we don't know as ourselves. You, you talked about taking that personal thing you need of your health and stuff. Sometimes you, you're very anxious. You don't even realize that you are in the toilet. So you have to right. trust your loved ones or your friends and don't, if you see something, you got to say something, you got to talk to them, you got to try to help people get help. Otherwise, you're going to read about the fact they jumped off a bridge or put a gun in their mouth or something. And, right. and what a loss, what a loss that we might have been able to help for. So for me, giving that kind of giving back of myself and being a part of that kind of an organization that does help people that are in need of help and don't know it, because a lot of times they don't, they mm -hmm. just right. get to or until they get to that point of, I have no way out. There's nothing left for me to do. And what a sad situation. Yeah, absolutely. Sad situation. I can, I can I, imagine, especially with, with PTSD post-combat, you don't realize how messed up your brain is until you snap. And that's yeah. terrifying and heartbreaking and nobody well, it should is, and, you know, and it's just, you know, the, and the, the, just for me, like the mere fact that somebody thinks the only way out is for me to kill myself is just devastating. I, 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 um, I would like this. It's devastating. Yeah, yes, it is. It really is. And as somebody who has, has struggled with her own mental health throughout the years, it's a scary place to be. It is a scary place to be when your brain tells you that that's the only option left. It is. I mean, I can't. I can't imagine it. Um, I've not been there. I. I truly. I, you know, at this point, um, my darling husband, who I said I've been with for forty-eight years, he had some heart problems and a couple little strokes, so his memory's been. But you know, otherwise, he's great. He, he followed directions except he couldn't figure out how to turn that timer off. But well, in most things, he just assembled a brand new light that we bought in the house. So you know, 
I, I'm not facing that, you know, something terrible is happening and stuff like that. Um, uh, and, but I, I would like to say to anybody out there, I am on social media. I am. Um, you can find me on Darbo Patrika for um, uh, my Instagram. I'm on Facebook as Patrika Darbo. Message me. If you feel like you just need to talk to somebody, please don't ever think about taking your life. I'll find time. I promise. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, or I'll help you get to somebody that can help you. Um, I am by no means a medical person that knows how to do anything, but I can listen and I Absolutely. can suggest. And um, and I would rather have that happen than for someone to take their life. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that I talk about on the other show, on, on Focus on Forward quite a bit, when we talk about mental health, it's, it's that many times when you're already in the position where you're wondering if you should talk to somebody, that means you need to talk to somebody. And it doesn't mean that you have to start with a medical professional, sometimes just talking, having the conversation with somebody that you trust, somebody that you care about, or somebody that you think that cares about you so that you can start to relieve that the, the emotional and mental pressure that you're feeling as it's right. building up. But sometimes you have to be careful of that, too, because sometimes right. your friends are dismissed. So, honey, go have a cocktail. Everything will be fine. No, it's not sometimes that bad. somebody else has it worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't oh, yeah. you need you need. You, you, when you get that point, I, I have to say, I'll listen, but I'm going to find somebody that's medically trained to t tell, Agreed. and I'll be Googling a number right while we're talking, going, <laughs> you need to call this person. Because I, I think sometimes our friends go, oh, this can't be happening. This is wrong. You, you know what? You're, this just, you're, you're just having a bad day. Nah, yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, the the uh, sleep in office. Yeah, yeah. You have to be careful kind of like that. So I, I never would want to presume that I could give medical training, but I can certainly find somebody for you or listen to what you're talking to me about and go, okay, you need to, you, this is me telling you right now, you need to have professional person to talk to. I think that, you know, you're yep. by no means wackadoodle, but you need help right this moment. And I can't give it to you, but let me Google it. For you. Right. Right. Yeah, I've, Let me I've help stressed. you find resources in your area. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the best thing is like and, and if your friend comes to you and starts talking that don't be dismissive. You Google it and give them professional yep. help. But, mm -hmm. you know, listen to them, listen to yep. them, but yep. direct them to professionals, because um, with all the stuff that's going on in the world right this moment and here and this social media and, the, you know, listen, I, I, I can get 1500 comments on how great I'm doing a job. And one person says something bad and I'm like, Oh, they don't like me. Well, you have to suddenly back yourself up sometimes and go, you know what? I don't like everybody either. Mm -hmm. So how do I expect everyone to like me? So you have to let that go and go, that's their opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, we have to find ways to take care of ourselves, you know, agreed. And, yeah. um, and and to uh, try to help others if we can. But remember to, if you're not medically trained, to forward them, keep them on the line while you get somebody to tell them. Absolutely. Right there. Yeah. It, it's one thing to listen. It's a whole other thing to start offering advice when you are not trained and you do not know how to do it. You know, I, I tell people often in my show that I am not a medically trained professional. I do not have the experience. I do not have the education. I'm just a guy who's been through some stuff. I'm willing to listen but I will point you in the right direction. I, I, that's it. I'm willing to listen and say, okay, um, this may be happening, may not, but let's see who we can get you to talk to. Um, Absolutely. And, and 
and we weren't going to get onto religion, but I do, I do think sometimes you have to think people going, well, let's go talk to your minister. Unless your minister has mental training as a medical person, no, you go to a doctor. Right. So, right. Well, you, yeah, you know, you, you wouldn't go to, go to a, a trained professional. Right. right. You wouldn't go to a dentist when you have a foot problem. You know, you there have to go, go to the right person. That, there you go. There I was go. literally just thinking the same thing, Tim. That was creepy. You're welcome. You spend too much time with me. So. <laughs> I was actually just talking to my mother-in-law the other day about the biggest struggle with the, mental the health. <laughs> it's mother-in-law's. Is that what you're going to say? I love her. I love her to bits. She is amazing. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to her about mental health the other day. She's got another surgery coming up at the end of the month. She's having her second hip replacement. She had her right hip replaced last July. She's having her left hip replaced at the end of the month. Since my husband and I got married seven years ago, she has had two surgeries on her hands. She's had back surgery. She's had her hips replaced. She's had her knees replaced. That was in addition to surgery she had had before I met her. And she's gotten to the point where she is so tired of every year being another surgery and every year thinking, but things are going to get better and I'm going to feel better. And then something else going wrong. And I told her, I'm like the biggest struggle with mental health is when you go to get help, your brain is what needs help. And your brain is what's telling you that you can't get help. It is so hard that the part of you that is sick, the part of you that needs help is the part of you telling the part of you that tells you, no, you can do it on your own. You'll be fine. It's like, no, Right. Don't listen to your brain. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. As friends, if we have friends, if we are friends with someone that we see that, then we have to intercede with them and go, you know what? Mm -hmm. Come on, let's go over to so-and-so and, and look and see if we can find somebody for you to talk to that can help your brain that's telling you a wrong message. Exactly. So. When, I, when I started therapy, I was at a doctor's appointment with my primary care doctor. They did the depression screening. My depression screening was incredibly high. And she goes, well, I think that it's time for you to consider counseling. I think it's time for you to consider therapy. And I told her, I'm like, no, I don't, I'm not ready for that. I don't think that that's where I need to go. And she goes, well, why not? Because why would, why would a therapist care? Why would they need to, I don't need to go tell somebody else about my life. And she's like, and that's why you need to go. Bingo. Like, and I had that moment of sitting there with the, wait a second, that makes way more sense that I wanted to admit that it did. Yeah, I know. That's when you go, <laughs> what? Right? What? You, you kind of stop for a second with the, the fact that I say that nobody needs to know about my problems, nobody cares about my problems, is the reason that I need to go talk about my problem. Oh, gotcha. Now I get it. And it was, it was the best thing for me. It was the best decision that I've made. Well, it's not only the best decision for you, but it's for your child and your husband and your marriage and your yeah. work and your friend and everybody. When you when you're well, the world is well. It's like Yeah, definitely. When I am more mentally stable, I can be more stable for the people around me who need me. Bingo. I it's everybody, everybody works as a team. And if one of your team members is struggling, you need to help your team member. One hundred percent. Agreed. Oh, goodness. So now that I'm done feeling like I'm going to cry, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> I've already been there. So. Oh, me too. Me too. And it's easy for me to cry. It, it happens a lot. But, <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about how the world around us needs to continue to change and grow. And hopefully it will continue to change and grow. But, Patrika, if you could go back 
and give your younger self one piece of advice for acting, for life, whatever, what would you go tell your younger self? I would go back and tell my younger self that the AHs who just said that you're overweight and will never work in this business, that they were wrong and to keep doing what you're doing, which I've done. And I had that conversation. (laughs) That's fantastic though. That is, that is fantastic. And you're amazing at what you do. It doesn't matter what size you are. You're just, well, I, I, my, the talent is not in my exterior. The talent comes from my inside. Um, And, you know, it's interesting that we as a society have become more inclusive of that. If you look at the actors and actresses Mm -hmm. on television, Mm -hmm. I can't think of the young lady's name from Saturday Night Live right this moment. That's quite heavy. And I think they, she was doing the commercial with the jeans. Oh yeah. I can't think of her name right mm-hmm. this moment, but you know, it, when she, when I, she was my age or when I was her age, those opportunities weren't there. So it's fabulous that they are now and that there's things going on and, um, and, and this is us to embrace that young lady in that kind of thing. There's, there's more opportunities there. Um, but the basic thing that I always have to say to people is if you dream it, if you want it, it's not going to be easy but you can have it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Nice. So true. Um, For my Google search, A.D. Bryant is her name. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Yeah. She's hilarious. And and, you know, and it's, and and in the African-American society, it's always been baby that's heavy girls have been accepted and stuff like that. And, you know, and even now when we see Lizzo and we go, Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a big girl in a unitard, you know, so we've become that. And the fact that we are now embracing disabilities and we are having a a conversation about the fact that not everybody is white. Um, And, you know, we are a rainbow company society and we Mm -hmm. need to embrace that. Um, And not everybody is a heterosexual. Embrace it. Go with the changes in the flows and learn about the person next to you or how they live and stuff like that. Um, I mean, my whole younger career was everything was white. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now we've come, we're swinging around like this and I'm not working as much, but I worked so much before it's their time, their opportunity. Let's embrace that because everything is cyclical. It'll come back around. I'll be right. 90 and Betty White's going to have that run for her money. And she'll be looking down from heaven going, you go girl. There you go. There you go. All right, Patrika, we have one last question for you and we call it our silly question. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's our silly question. What kids movie scares you? What kid movie scares me? Yeah. What kids movie is scary to you? I don't think it is a kid's movie. It had kids and was terrified that hell I can't. mm -mm, No. Um, (laughs) Those are terrifying. All I see see is those kids in that class. Uh uh. No. No, uh, that, no. And, and old yeller pretty belt r- just ruined me too. The, the dog. Mm, no, mm, God. Mm-mm. It's like, I don't care who dies in the movie. just don't let anything happen to the dog. Well, my, that, was, that, my husband, that wasn't happening in old yeller. So there we go. My husband and I have a rule that if there's a new movie we want to see, or there's something that's available to stream, <laughs> he, before we start the movie, he will check on IMDb to check and make sure that the dog doesn't die before we watch it because I'm not going to watch it otherwise. I can't, like, I, 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 I can't I'm like, 
I made the I made the mistake of watching the movie Marley and Me. No bad idea. No, I have never I cried. Been able to, I haven't been able to. <laughs> I have never cried so hard at a movie. I mean, like not just like oh, a couple little tears, openly weeping, bawling, snot dripping they, down your face, the whole work. It was. Uh, it was the ugly cry of ugly cries when they put don't that watch dog Grace, down. Don't go back and watch Gray Fires, Bobby. You'll be no, in the I'm toilet good. for months. Yeah. Years. The, the, when I, Old Yeller, uh, where the red fern grows. Oh, uh, no. yeah. Land Before no. Time. Oh, geez. Oh, bring that up. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're all going to hell in a handbasket oh, here. <laughs> oh, man. No, when, when I watched Marley and Me, I was actually babysitting and the little kid that I was babysitting had gone to take a nap and I was looking through their DVD case and I'm like, ah, I know that's going to make me cry, but I'll watch it. The little kid gets up from his nap. He looks at me and I am bright red, snotty, just sobbing. And he looks at me, he goes, did you watch Marley and me? Yes. Why? Why would you do that to yourself? I'm like, I don't know. Listen, at ET, at ET, when, oh, that, yeah. when ET is laying there all deformed and stuff Wait, in oh. the drain, in the drain, I am like a puddle. And this little six year old who we took to see this movie is sitting on my lap going, oh, like this. And I'm going, oh, no. and, I, and I'm like sobbing, going, I can't help you right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's I need like, to find an adult too. I am, I am destroyed. You need to go over to your auntie right now. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, well, there was Lord. there was I don't remember what movie it was. Oh, it was Good Dinosaur. My daughter oh, decided she wanted way. to watch The Good Dinosaur. And my oh, husband's like, the, is that the cartoon one with the little cute? Oh no, I can't. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> my husband's like, okay, well, you can try it. And it was like half an hour later that she's like, Dad, shut it off. It's too sad. I'm like, nope. Yeah, it's like you go, oh, I remember that. Yeah, mm-mm. No, no, too sad. No, can't do it. Can't do it. I get, I get emotional enough with like Star Wars. I know. Listen, the good guy dies or something bad happens. I, 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 I. So, yeah. You know, Patrika, we have enjoyed so much talking to you, and I've had fun. Thank you. This is amazing. You You are just an amazing person. We would love to link. Um, your website, your socials, whatever, so that our viewers and our listeners can find you. Can you tell us where they can find you? Okay, I am Darbo Patrika on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm Patrika Darbo. And I believe I'm Patrika Darbo Twitter. It, it all gets very confusing to me. I already told you I was old and that stuff just making from the... <laughs> But you can find me there. I mean, and again, like I said, if somebody just messages me and wants to chat for a minute, I'll help you Google where you need to go. So there you um, go. Uh, it, it's an important we need to take care of one another. So we yeah. do. We still need our village, even if our village is virtual at this point. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully we'll get back to where we can hug somebody. I'm a hugger. Me too. <laughs> I went like, no, we need to have that back. Um as soon as we can so yeah i've told a couple friends it's about to make it awkward so what i wanted to say to you tim also is in the thalians um princess leia was uh part of uh of her mother because her mother started she was a thalian she came to all the thalian things too so 
there you go. Um, uh, amazing. It's uh, amazing too. We had mutual friends and had brunches together and stuff. She was a very sweet lady, um, taken too soon, um, which I think is mm-hmm. why her mother went right away too, that she couldn't handle that and stuff. So, yeah. um, and she was pretty open about all her mental health too. So right. I think uh, it's a good thing. Good she thing. was the princess that I wanted to be when I was little. Everybody else wanted to be Cinderella or Rapunzel. And I'm like, no, I want to be Leia. Solid choice. She was in charge. (laughs) She was. And especially after the sequel trilogy and suddenly she's a general. And I'm like, oh, yes, please. Yes, please. I love this. I love her sassy pants. There you go. Very good. So we'll make sure we get all those in the episode description down below so everybody can have a chance to, to check you out and follow you on your all, all of the work okay. that you've been doing. So, and we want to remind everybody who's still listening that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us continue to grow, help us to get these awesome conversations with, with cool guests like Patrika here today. Uh, we've so enjoyed uh, talking with her and sharing a few laughs with her. So please subscribe. It helps more than we can ever really tell you. And go check out not only her pages, but also the Thalians as well and the work that they're doing and, and support them as well, please. Yes, please. And while Tim is doing that, I am independent and I can say this. You need to support shows like this. So please subscribe. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. Now, remember, kids, pop culture, it's all around you. Everything we do, it's influencing our every way of life. So be sure to come back next week. We'll have your next fix waiting right here for you on Pop Culture Addicts. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Addicts. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Pop Culture Addicts, you can reach us on either Instagram or Twitter by using the handle at PCA Pod Show. You can also email us at PCA Pod Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2021 Pop Culture Addicts. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of by Pop Culture Addicts or any of its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at PCAPodshow at gmail.com.